Chapter 19. Ciao, Italia. The town of Aquileia, sounding like the word Aquila, which is Italian for eagle, was our destination the following day. The friendly priest, Father Olivo, received us warmly, and over coffee we spent a leisurely afternoon with our astute and well-versed host, speaking at length about many topics, including the conflict in the Middle East. The situation is complex, as you know, he stated. If this conflict is so important to you, surely you must have some ideas about how to resolve it. My heart beat nervously. I was still refining and testing my ideas of peace and couldn't believe I was being asked to express them now when in the lingering aftermath of my argument with Alberto, I was feeling especially uncertain. At one point, I thought I knew the answer. I hesitantly responded. I grew up believing that the way, the only way, to peace was through resistance. It was only when I started to go through a profound spiritual change a few years ago that I even questioned those beliefs. Father Olivo looked at me with interest as I went on. Every day I see the difficulty of being in a state of peace. I still get angry with Alberto, with myself, with people who judge or reject us. I bristle at injustice. How then must it be for Palestinians living under occupation? How must it be for Israelis living in a continual state of terror? How can they think peaceful thoughts? I can't even imagine their anger, their horror, their hatred. Indeed, he replied, how can they? I paused and breathed waiting for inspiration. Perhaps by going through what I'm going through, I mused, trying to find that peace within their hearts, to forgive, to heal, to see the light in their enemy. I see, and I sound naive and idealistic, even to myself. But that's what I feel to be intrinsically true. This walk is my laboratory for figuring peace out and for practicing it. I practice it when I'm rejected or judged. I practice it when I battle my fears and insecurities. I keep thinking to myself, how can I hold on to this light of peace in the midst of all of these debilitating feelings? How can I grow from this? Who am I in response to this situation? I'm not always in that state of clarity, and I mess up often, but that's how I'm creating my peace. And since I believe that my peace is our peace, then I must believe that Israelis and Palestinians are going through the same process, but their laboratory is much more amplified and intense. They're experimenting with war and hatred to create peace. Do you think that peace is even possible? He probed. I'm realizing just how difficult this road of peace really is to walk, I confessed. But I'm also seeing that I'm the only master of that road. I control how I react to the difficult situations. No one else controls it for me. It's my choice. I believe these small choices add up and taken together, weave themselves into a collective change. The power to create peace is in my hands, not someone else's. I believe that's true for everyone, 
Palestinians and Israelis included. So yes, I think peace is possible, but only when individuals become responsible for their thoughts and their deeds. I struggle with how to use personal power, how to translate it into effective action to create peace. I don't know when or if force is necessary. I still have so many questions. Father Olivo smiled approvingly. What do you think about all of this, Alberto? I completely agree with Moni, Alberto replied, gazing at me with admiration. For me, the conflict also serves a higher loving purpose, love and spiritual growth. How can we know the light if we don't pass through the dark? How can we value peace if we don't experience war? I believe this conflict is an opportunity for each of us to reflect on what we believe and to consciously choose what we want in response to that. That's not to say we just sit there with folded arms waiting for things to happen, but that we act not from fear or hatred, but from love, from wanting to understand. We spent the rest of the afternoon in lively conversation with our host, and when we met him the following day to say our goodbyes, he presented us with a book on the town's famous basilica that he dedicated and signed as Monsignor Olivo, a rare honorific title bestowed by the Pope and usually reserved for bishops. He also handed me a stamped and self-addressed postcard showing the Hebrew alphabet which he asked us to send to him when we arrived in Jerusalem. I walked away from Aquileia, my eagle town, trying to assemble these pieces of information into a coherent whole. I met a priest whose name meant Olive, the undisputed tree of peace. He had given me a postcard of the Hebrew alphabet, a direct link to Jerusalem. I had spoken about peace in ways that I would have dismissed as rubbish in the not-too-distant past, and espoused, much to my amazement, a spiritual solution to a political problem. A tremendous shift was taking place. Of that, there was no doubt. We passed Monfalcone and Trieste and embarked on the final leg of our Italian experience. Yet another dense fog greeted us on a road that was mountainous and treacherous, even for motorists. But they could not hold us back. We arrived at the Italian side of the border, breathless from the exertion of the way and our mounting enthusiasm. We joined the line of cars driving up to the incongruous white building, joyfully responding to their waves and their honks. The officer at the kiosk examined us, his face expressionless, and demanded our passports. Where are you going? he asked, Le leafing through the pages of our passports. Today, to Kozina, Slovenia, I chirped, but eventually to Jerusalem. No response, no expression. I wanted to be inside his head at that moment to know what he was really thinking. Surely he did not see people like us at the border every day. He returned our passports and motioned for us to pass through, wishing us a safe journey. We thanked him and joined the cars that were heading towards Slovenia. I glanced back and tried to contain my laughter. 
hanging out the windows and excitedly waving, was a group of Border Patrol officers. Our final Italian wave was for them. Within a few steps, we were at another simple building that was the Slovenian border, where we were waved through without question. I stood for a moment and looked back, hardly believing that we were finally out of Italy. It had taken us nine weeks, and we had walked just over 1,000 kilometers. I felt pangs of melancholy as a child leaving home for the first time, knowing that a great adventure awaited us, yet feeling sad to be leaving the comfort of the known. Italy had offered us many gifts, a language we grew to adore, lasting friendships, hospitality, love, and I knew I would miss her. She wasn't always easy on us. She knocked us down often and challenged us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. From those ruins, however, a stronger foundation was emerging, one more firmly based on trust, confidence, and love. As I looked ahead, those were the qualities I knew I wanted to carry with me. On January 29th, 2002, Alberto and I stepped into Slovenia. Ciao Italia e grazie.